Fuck yeah, static. Welcome to Something Something Roller Derby, episode two. Ooh, That's episode right. two. We made it. We survived the first episode, and we've got a second one. We're back. It's so cool, and I want to give a special shout out. You may notice that already we sound a lot better than yes. the first episode. It's so good, and that is because we are currently sitting in an actual honest-to-goodness recording studio. Amazing. Thank so you. So good. Thank you to WORT here in Madison. That's our back porch community radio. It is It is the, the community radio station in Madison, Wisconsin. It's been around for a long time. And they were very gracious to let us use this space in some off hours to record yeah. and do interviews. So henceforth, when we're at home anyway, we're not traveling, it's going to sound super great. And when we're traveling, we are also upgrading our equipment to make it sound as nice as possible for your ear your, your holes. So uh, we're really excited about that. So yeah, special thanks WRT. You can check them out online, WRTFM.org. Throw them some cash to say thanks because they're entirely listener supported yeah. as those things go. Anyway, so uh, something, something roller derby. I'm Hammer Abby. I'm Alligator. And we've got a whole second episode getting ready to go here for you. Um, we want to thank everybody for the positive reactions to the first episode. We mm-hmm. were kind of bowled over by how well it went. I don't know. Give it time until we get into the controversial topics before people start coming yeah. at us. I people guess. are so nice in the beginning. It's so Just wait. Yeah. No, but seriously, we really appreciate it. And we've gotten a lot of great feedback and also several offers for people who are interested in being on the show, mm-hmm. which is great when content comes to us. We yes. have to find it. Yeah. So some upcoming content to kind of keep your eyes and your clickers ready <laughs> for uh, Aquaman Army. Hopefully going to get a chat with them in about fans engagement and who's the Aquaman, who, who are they who's the Aquaman army? the Aquaman army are the fan crew from Minnesota from the MNRG Minnesota roller girls or roller derby uh, crew up there uh, headed up by a lot of significant others and derby widows <laughs> but uh, includes basically anyone who wants to take their shirt off or lift their shirt up and write uh, a letter on their tum-tum uh, or, you know, support well, they, Minnesota. Yeah, and they've got an entire, basically, songbook of yes. ch- altered cheers and songs and things that they hand out to people at the game. So it's, it's very mm-hmm. coordinated. It's probably the most coordinated uh, cheer section outside of Europe, as we saw at Malma Playoffs recently, which was really cool to see. So that's uh, something we'll be having, we're working on for upcoming episodes. Uh, We also are likely going to be doing um, some chatting with uh, World Cup uh, skaters in advance of the World Cup, because yours truly will be traveling to Manchester in February to announce at the Roller Derby World Cup. So exciting. So I'll be bringing my laptop and my microphone, and we'll be doing some interviews there, but we'll also be doing some work in advance of that to hype up some of the people, because there's some really cool people who are involved in that who will be involved this time and Mm -hmm. have a lot to offer in terms of the history of the sport, what they're doing now. 
Um, and then you and I, Allie. <gasps> oh my gosh. What are we doing in November? You know, there's so many things going on in November, but we're real both excited about going to Champs in Woo! Philly. So Hammer and I are going to be announcing at the WFTDA Championship Uh International, International extravaganza yes. in Philadelphia. Uh, so that is going to be a ton of fun. Um, Philly hasn't hosted a championship since 2009, which mm, I skated in, actually. Wow. What? <laughs> Round one, single elimination <laughs> tournament. You get done and you get to watch roller derby for the rest of the weekend. Oh, because that's how it was back in the day. That's how it was. Right? No more work. You done. All yep. Right. Yep. Well, that's not how it works now. We've nope. got a completely different bracket structure. And so I will be there actually doing sideline reporting, mm-hmm. which is a first for me. I've never done that. So that'll be exciting. I have to up my uh, outfit game to include pants now, oh, um, which is really just a shame. But you'll be doing sports desk, Facebook Live work, interviewing mm-hmm. people and stuff like that. So you'll see our mugs. There is a killer crew that we'll talk a little bit more later in this episode about yeah. the announcing crew for that because uh, it's a it's really just reaching new heights of awesomeness in terms yeah. of the people they're bringing in. Um, so that's what's happening in uh, November and we are stoked. Um, something I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. that was brought up in response to our first episode because we got a little bit into the whole um, old beef over the whole, you know, for the skaters, by the skaters mm. being a little outdated and un- unnecessary because roller derby really is a big, wide community of people who make it work. Yeah. And it turns out that the WFTDA was way ahead of us. <gasps> and I don't know if I just fell asleep and didn't realize that they had actually officially updated the core mission statement of the WFTDA, but it is by Derby for Derby. Yeah. So uh, quit using that excuse of the for the skaters, by the skaters. You don't love us. We're not skaters um, because we we love you all. Um, but yeah, that has been totally changed and updated. And uh, I think uh, for the better and really keeping that focus uh, where it should be that for Derby by Derby, that we build this together. It is a community-run sport, and it takes the community village for it to happen. Well, and I also want to add the, you know, this is a, a valid conversation that comes up, and we and it, there are valid criticisms mm-hmm. of how things are done and how they're run, but I, it, I think someone brought up the good point that you can't say, you can't be like, the WFTDA is doing this, the WFTDA is doing this. It's like, you are the WFTDA mm-hmm. if you are a member of a WFTDA league. Yeah. So you have WFTDA reps that you can talk to and influence, and your league may have a vote. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll probably does actually does have a yep. vote if you're a WFTDA league of some kind. Um, so, you know, it's it's just I'm glad that the, the mission has been updated to reflect that. Yeah. And also just like, you know, look, that's that's true. We are all part of this. We all get to make these decisions. Um, and if you so want to speak make, up, yeah, <laughs> if be you want to make a decision, reach out to your league reps and get access and volunteer as a league rep because they always need that. And there's a lot of ways to be involved um, in roller derby. I think sometimes we find ourselves being very insular in smaller communities uh, and sometimes forget about the big picture. And it's really great to be involved on the lighter, larger scale of roller derby in terms of rules, in terms of you know tournament structure, in terms of so many things that we contribute to in this sport. Uh, so don't be afraid to do that if you want to be involved and if you have opinions because yelling into the void wherever that is on the internet or not, uh, um, (laughs) will do nothing for your cause except raise your blood pressure. So, Wow, well said, Allie. Yeah. (laughs) 
So that said, uh, we are excited about getting into the second episode of the Something Something Roller Derby SS Roller Derby podcast. Um, and I want to remind you, so we've got some cool music coming up that was submitted to us by roller skaters uh, yeah. who are in a band. And I'm excited to feature that. Um, if you are in a band or you're a musician or you know one or something and you're in any way associated with roller derby, we want to feature your music on the show. Mm-hmm. You can contact us directly by finding us on Facebook or Twitter where there is the something something roller derby or SS roller derby. You can also email us. I got the email address wrong the last time we did this episode because <laughs> I'm awesome. Well, you know, you got to kick it off. Get Oh. Well, we'll get that one right next time. All yep. right. Always improving. <sighs> um, so you can email us. The email address is, in fact, ssderbypodcast at gmail.com. And let us know where we can find the music that we can put on the show. And we will plug you and your band and where you're from and who you skate with and all that good stuff. Um, or who you officiate for, whatever the whatever your association is. Because we want more music on the show. Obviously, what you're hearing mostly is your theme song is a song called Sex on Eight Wheels by Damsel Trash. That happens to be my band because Woo-hoo. this is <laughs> partially my podcast. I get to do what I want. Yeah. And until, uh, you know, until we get other submissions that are okay for us to use it without uh, without paying them we're just going to use your music without paying you <laughs> until then Yay. Uh, it's awesome um, you can also contact us at ssderbypodcast at gmail.com if you have questions for mm-hmm. advice that you would like it can be literally anything derby related um, from from gear to emotional stuff to uh, training to whatever um, if you're new if you're old whatever we're here we want to we would love to have that on the show because it'll help more than just you, I think, mm-hmm. hopefully, if we're giving good advice. Yeah. And if um, you have that question, uh, guarantee someone else has that question yeah, out there, too. For so. sure. Uh, so, And also, if you have questions or if you have suggestions for things that we can have on the show, because we've mm-hmm. had people reach out with that as well, which is fantastic. So yeah. please, please do not hesitate to contact us. We'd love to hear from you. Follow us on Facebook and on the Twitters. And we're going to get on with the show now. On with the show. <laughs> So welcome to Ref Chat, <laughs> officials <laughs> chat. Uh, we are back in the studio, and we are very, very pleased to be welcoming two members of the Madison Roller Derby community, uh, specifically Sayed Alligator of the United Derby Officials Local 608 Chapter, otherwise known as UDO. Mm-hmm. It's Thaco and Uno Mas. Yay! Yay. <laughs> hey, hey, hi, friends. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Um, and so we are going to talk to them about uh, officiating stuff, basically. Yeah. All of their burning uh, questions and secrets of uh, Zebraland and NSO land. Um, so quick introduction, though, so people can know who the heck you guys are. Uh, uh, Thacko, you say the first spot you came to was on Valentine's Day, the year that Whippet came out. Oh, yeah. The big Whippet bump. Huge. Uh, and then your partner at the time became a rec league skater, and about a year later became an NSO, so you've been officiating now for six seasons? I've been officiating for six seasons, skating for four. All right. And then, Unamas, you started around the same time. Yes. I started officiating. I was a fan for a year first, and... Um was watching the officials more than I was watching the skaters. So I got <laughs> right back into, um, I started, I volunteered and stuff. It was a good time. Good times. Yeah, yeah. good time. Well, I always, I'm so interested too, like what in different people and different personalities, when you come to a game, like what your attention is drawn to. 
and uh, you know, sort of the 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 stock answers like, oh, it's going to be the the people playing the sports, the, the skaters, jammers, yeah, yeah, right? The stars yeah, it's like not for everybody, Mm-mm. not for everybody, and I think that's fabulous, and that's how we get people to do all the different things in the roller derby community that we need. Um, but the first question we have to ask before we dig in to the the real deep stuff, of course, is how did you pick your derby name? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, Thacko, Thaco, Thaco. Uh, there was no better name to come into Madison. Uh, Thackers. Thackers. Also known as Thackers. Um, when I came in, we also had NPC and Chaotic Neutral at the time. Yep. Um, the geek runs very strong here. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes. The first time, so when I first chose my name, Hammer Abbey, which is kind of an obscure historical reference, um, I knew that actually probably the officials were more my people than the skaters because I walked into the big officiating clinic that Madison was holding when I was a wrecker the first year I played, so this is like five or so years ago, five mm-hmm. or six years ago, and no one prior to that in like skating land had gotten the reference of my name, and I think like five people at that officiating <laughs> clinic walked up to me and were like, that's awesome, yeah. Yeah. Hammer Abbey, like Hammer Abbey, and I was like, oh, my people. Like, <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Okay, so Uno, how did you get yours? Well, um, I had the email address first. I was going to go with something different. I think originally I wanted to do something to do with Honey Badger because I wanted people to call me Honey all the time. <laughs> like, that was just my goal. But Because um, you don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds so sweet. It does. I'm just going to um, start calling you that now. Yeah, thanks. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. um, so, um, But there was issues because at the time, Two Evils was still a thing. And there were like, mm-hmm. I don't know, 16 Honey Badgers in there. Yeah. So um, when I was signing paperwork for the league and volunteering um, for the marketing I think it was with marketing with um, Splatter Alice. She saw my email address and like laughed because my last name actually is Moss. So Una Moss is not that far away. Yeah. Um, I always think that's such a good one, though. (laughs) Well, I've turned it into like a thing because I'm kind of on team too much fun. Mm. Like not good at saying no to like doing things. So (laughs) Una Moss, let's do it. One more, one more. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Oh, that's good. I like that's good. All right. So, uh, so we did in the in sort of a pre-interview via email, and something that Thacko sent that I really appreciated was just this this phrase, "best seat in the house." Absolutely. And I want to talk a little bit about why you think. What is that? What does that mean to you? What like? And I have, I have to assume this is something to do with why you do what you do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So roller derby is really fun to watch, right? Mm-hmm. Like there are athletic people doing really cool things mm-hmm. on roller skates, and um, by be, by like being able to official and officiate and like be right there oh man it's really cool yeah <laughs> like, you, you don't have obstructive views although like actually a lot of times you can have obstructed obstructed views there's seven of us out there and that's True. just do refs get reft because yeah. i used to get reft mm-hmm. when i was a photographer we would call it getting reft if you, t- you have this great shot that you think you have but then there's just like a ref butt in front of you instead <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely like occasionally they'll be like oh i see a penalty coming it's gonna be there oh there's a body in front of me and then yeah. all of a sudden there's aftermath and, and then you're like you just feel terrible because it's like I'm sorry where'd that Jammer ref come from? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's you know, we're all people. It's all imperfect, yeah. but you do your best. Oh yeah, you have to keep your head in a swivel, even as officials. I almost got dropped by a level five official up at his home league one time when I was just scorekeeping. <laughs> but it was a very different place, so uh, it was a little different, but it was awesome. One trade for me. So I. So what? In addition to sort of having this great mm-hmm. view on a on a sport that I have to assume you enjoy watching, um, even though you have to keep a straight face and be as impartial as possible. I'm terrible when at that. <laughs> I smile all the time. <laughs> what do you, what makes you smile? 
oh gosh, pretty much cool things. Or like, I, okay, this is one of the funniest moments I've had on the track. Um, it was a home bout last year and I can't remember who was playing other than it was, um, sailor. Hello sailor from the unholy rollers. Mm -hmm. And like, she was just in the middle of the pack, just, just causing havoc as she does. And she just like wailed and hit somebody. And then the pack took off and then, um, she and the person she hit were on the ground and she just like, as she was skating to catch up to the pack, just yells, I love hitting. (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to do? You know, pure joy. (laughs) It was, it was delightful. So I laughed heartily and then, you know, felt a little bad for laughing, but how can you? I mean, it was too funny. Again, you're only human. (laughs) I think that's probably what surprised me so much was that inside view, you suddenly got, it wasn't just that you were seeing the action better. You were seeing all those little moments that you don't get to partake in as a fan. When you're yeah. down on the track and you're actually hearing the interaction between skaters and then you see the hit and then you see the smiles as they both really enjoyed the hit and got back up and kept skating. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. As someone who's in the pack sometimes and sees those and or experienced them <laughs> up close and personal. Uh, so I let's 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 pivot, as we would say in Derby, a little bit and talk about um, some of the questions and things that we've heard from other people or just sort of curiosity about. Uh, the current state of officiating, really, in the WFTDA and roller derby. And specifically, I guess, one of the things we were talking about is sort of um, the idea. I think a lot of people don't understand exactly, like, how it's determined, like, ref discretion, I think, is the big one. So there's we have all these rules, um, which are important. But there are certain things where you have a little bit of ref discretion. And I think that's an important element of it because, you know, if you start setting really hard and fast, specific, detailed rules for everything, you can kind of destroy the game. Um, but, Al, you were talking about, like, specifically... Yeah, I found... Uh, I have found a lot of benefit in talking with refs over the years and getting clarification on different things. One of my favorites is the getting a second penalty and in-sub for not leaving the track fast enough. One, uh, Someone once explained to me that if you take the track and you break it into six parts, meaning one part being the straightaway and then two parts on each corner, if you get a penalty and you cross more than two of those, that is what is going to give you that in-sub. That it is that you chose, you acknowledge that you had the penalty and that you chose to not leave the track in a timely manner, like it, to skate through the straightaway and the curve and then go. Um, but I think sometimes those discretions or those explanations are a little nebulous for skaters and I think sometimes even nebulous from uh, from cruise to cruise and depending on who's head refing and things like that so like how do you find or how do you come to uh, a consensus on type things like discretion or things like that I guess Probably the best thing that I've seen so far on something like that is our ability to travel and work with other leagues and actually work with other high-level officials because we can talk about it all day. Mm-hmm. But then you'll go to a practice, you go to scrimmage, and you'll hear just one explanation of something, and it just sticks. And that ends up being how you then teach that to the next official that you're mm-hmm. talking about that same thing. Like on the insubordination and the three segments, that really came about when it was still fast derby. Mm-hmm. Things ah. were fast. Three segments were nothing. Yeah. So now – we might not necessarily wait three segments if you're taking a very long time and impacting Derby in other ways, not paying to your attention to your penalty. Because yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's as soon as you get the penalty and can leave the track safely. Yeah. So if you are um, in the middle of the pack, but you stop moving, mm-hmm. you know, you stop doing the thing that you're not supposed to do, but then you wait and you wait and then you leave the track. 
that's not okay yeah. either. It's yeah. not that you were waiting for things to clear out in front of you. It's just that you were waiting. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, I don't really get the strategy behind that, but there must be one because it happens. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I think our brains just shut off. <laughs> like, yeah. Or it's like you're you're internally arguing with your with the ref in your head. Yeah. And you're like, I don't think I deserve. And then it's like you actually should be leaving the track. Have that argument with yourself, but leave the track at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. You, get, you get 30 seconds somewhere else to think about that. Exactly. Like, stop like, taking up my attention. And don't waste it on not being in the box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. So um, let's talk a little bit about UDO in particular, because I, you know, it's one of the reasons we want it. We're, we're very fortunate in Madison. Yes. We have a really strong officials crew in UDO and a, a pretty strong culture. And you guys travel everywhere. I mean, I was talking to someone recently. I just became general manager of the league. And I'm like, honestly, our best ambassadors of Madison Roller Derby are you guys, because you go to everything. The, the NSOs, the refs, um, the ringster guy, <laughs> that John yeah. um, and and now you know even in all sorts of other positions are are out at so many different tournaments and things like that. Um, and as you said, that's a great way to learn and also to teach and spread and make sure everybody's kind of vaguely on the same page. So how on earth does UDO do it? And I know this is going to be a hard question, but like what what is what do you think is unique about UDO? What works? Honestly, I think a big part of it is because people in Madison are awesome. Our track <laughs> crew travels yeah. to yeah. do track maintenance at like other places like you just don't see that Mm -hmm. um so i think having madison be super awesome is a is a good start um but our whole crew like the vibe of udo got started um right when thaco and i both joined um we had a, a good um, you had like a core of people who were sort of here before that. Um, we were founded was... by, as an official crew, by a level five ref, Reverend yes. Ryan, who I still am learning things from when I bump into him at tournaments and when I go out and do games with him. And we still owe him a huge debt of gratitude. At the same time, he's not the only one. We are also blessed to have Whistler. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal guy. Absolutely blessed to have Such him as my OPR heart. mentor and why I'm still OPR for life is that man. Yeah. That man totally got me into that. And then we were double blessed to have Zedork drop in our lap. Yeah. So we had all this fantastic talent. We had Sabby McDubro come down from the mm. from the Foxes. And suddenly you're talking about three certified officials who are always traveling. Reaver, who has gone to mm-hmm. many, many tournaments. Shonuff, who's been to tournaments every single season. I have been with MRD. He's been at D1 tournaments. Yeah. Yeah. One of the higher ranked uh, NSOs, I believe, in mm-hmm. in certification land. Yep. So He's Absolutely. up there. Somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. Being amazing. Yeah. If you need an NSO to do five things at once, grab show. Okay, yeah. so you had this really good, strong kind of core of people around that time who kind of coalesced to, and then UDO was kind of officially created around that time too, about five, six years ago. Yeah, and... yeah. It was like right before Thaco and I came in, um, they were talking about having it be a more kind of inclusive um officiating team so it seems like you go places and refs do their thing and nso's do their thing and even though we're working towards the same goal you know we weren't always working like hand in hand the way we should have been and it's Mm -hmm. just um you know when we came in we didn't know any of that (laughs) we walked into you know this great group of people there were a ton of rookies the year that um rookie um nso's and um, I don't know how many skate refs there were. I was going to try to do it that year, but I had hip surgery. It's unfortunate. That's, that's a legit yeah. reason. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> just delayed dreams. Yeah. Just like cert. Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> but I think it's interesting, though, like that, that the officials really saw a bump after Whippet as well. I mean, that, that yes. just the exposure overall. Um, and so have you, how have you 
maintained or focused on recruitment and training and retention since then, especially, I think that's been a challenge with skaters and leagues in general, but especially for ref crews. I think it might actually become more of a challenge for us as well Mm -hmm. in the next couple of years. We were like really blessed. Um, Mm -hmm. We had a, we actually had put a cap on skating officials one year because we had 14. We um, was our cap because we had so many people wanting to do this. We had, um, and then I think we decided the cap was silly and um, just kept bringing people on. Initially, we put it in place because we really wanted to make sure that we didn't have a whole bunch of trainees and no vets to train them so that they weren't yeah. meeting the quality of everybody else. But then we quickly quickly realized that whether or not they're currently on skates or going to be on skates, working with as a crew made them better officials. So mm-hmm. the more they could work with us, the better. Yeah, they get, they get their foot in the door in yep. any spot, whether there's a skate on mm-hmm. it or not, that you get that exposure and that you get that derby officiating brain start to turn it on. Oh yeah. I, yeah, I think that's about the time we started working with the recreational league too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and getting um, getting newbie refs kind of on skates and used to roller skating, which you know not everybody has a history of doing. Yeah, and that's a that's a challenging thing that I think we talk about in in as a skater that you get drafted and it takes a while for your brain to really wind up and understand what's going on and thinking about that. From the officiating standpoint of someone being a new official, trying to learn that whole side of things and be on skates and communicate things effectively and uh, is so challenging. And then you have the dynamic of people yelling at you, sometimes <laughs> yeah. being an a-hole yes. to you. And when Uno and I started, we were still in fast derby and minors. So oh, it was so fast wee. and so hectic that you had to get it all at once. Under yeah. Fire. yeah. So are you just glad that it slowed down a little bit? <laughs> I don't kind know if necessarily of... glad's the right word. I miss faster. Uh, I mean, it's still gets fun to go fast. It does. I, I feel it like does. we've 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 started to hit like an equilibrium where yes. it's actually it's faster than it was for a while, mm-hmm. uh, and the strategy sort of figured out how to like it's that arms race that sort of continues. So it's like it's exactly. faster and it's slow when it needs to be, but like not as many people are doing like passive offense during power jams. Yeah. Thank God. And yes, thank it, all that. It's so. funny to see the speed dynamics start to come in again. Yeah. And like some of the old strategies that you're like, oh, you want to chase? Oh, I can do this all day. I yeah. used to do conditioning years ago. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. Moments and then, we had a game take off and it was just OPRs. like, wait, we get to go and rotate again. And we actually <gasps> rotated on our skate rotation. It was like, I know how to do this because I used to do this back in the day. It was awesome. Yeah. Rotation. Yeah. Oh, man. Rotational violence. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not um, on the rest. Oh, no. I do want to say something, though, yeah. as far as, like, learning to be an official and stuff. I think, like, honestly, the it takes a good year mm-hmm. um, before you get to the point where you can say words. Like, to mm. call a penalty exactly the way you're supposed to do it. Yeah. It takes probably at least a year to do that consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, it. Madison was blessed in, like, um, with the trainees or the trainers that we had. Z-Dork was amazing, but... Um, hmm. Sorry, just trying to figure out how I want to sum up my thoughts on... Because it's, right. it's so discouraging. Like, um, the first couple of years and the first couple of games when you start to officiate and you're like I don't know what I'm doing how are they trusting me to do any Mm -hmm. of this but it gets better yeah well I mean that imposter syndrome is all around us so like knowing that like that it is a challenging role to fill Mm -hmm. um 
and that giving people a the benefit of the doubt and knowing that like people aren't calling penalties on you because they think you're a jerk they saw something whether it was a thing or not they're calling it go to the penalty box it's fine it's it's sure gonna be like all right right <laughs> we're all, we'll watch the footage and talk about it later if it wasn't we can talk about it that's fine yeah we're all learning well i mean and that, i think that's where it comes to like what is the league culture what is mm. the the crew culture so, so is important. do you have people there to like offer a hand up and some encouragement when you are new and or struggling we definitely try i know that i myself the hardest time i ever had as official was not when i was in baby dolls the first or the second time it wasn't waiting for that first phone call hey you're going to be a skate ref the hardest time as an official was when i was told that i was going to be a skate ref and i had to get up to speed for mrd <laughs> and I had to do it with skaters that I had been watching and admiring skate for years. Yeah. And I had to go out there and call them on a penalty and have to be ready to react to whatever they were going to say when I did that. Mm-hmm. And probably one of the best things that we did when we were in training is we just had a, you're calling a penalty drill, where we just called whatever penalty we wanted at any time without seeing it just to get used to looking at somebody saying color, number, penalty, and going through the motions. Yeah, Because mm-hmm. it just started to put that imprint in your brain this is how this works yeah it's okay to do this Mm -hmm. yeah i kind of wish we had a drill where we had skaters like swear at us or something because i feel like maybe then i would have been more prepared the first time that it happened Uh, yes and no and yes (laughs) Uh, it's like it's like uh play acting (laughs) scenarios i'm sure you could get people to help you with that probably and maybe maybe that would be a good thing for our trainees this year i think that would be delightful you let me know wftda could release some videos (laughs) online (laughs) that we can some some, a lot of bleeping i don't know You know, minimum no, skills and minimum ref skills. <laughs> well, I also deal with it. I do want to also give a shout out because I, I have to mention this: that UDO has probably the most killer uh, pre-game parties and mm. like food, food, the cooking that goes on in your crew is ridiculous. Yeah, you're not wrong. We started a one-upsmanship about three years ago and it's it's getting kind of out of hand <laughs> i love it don't get me wrong i'm participating in it heavily but it is getting a little out of hand i know i love running into you all like after bouts with hey do you want this a bite of this amazing pie yes i do yes I, it's left over from the oh okay i'll yeah. take some of that I yeah do in fact always want whatever you have to offer even if i can't eat half of it because of the whole lactose intolerant thing but yeah. oh we make sure to take care of those folks too i know we, that's it you have like yeah. all the dietary <laughs> restrictions covered and i i see things like posted on facebook mm-hmm. and i'm like why am i not an official yeah you can be an official the door is open because i don't have enough on my plate already no. <laughs> and we even take care of visiting announcers too i know yes. yeah. i mean well, announcers fall into oh yeah and in volunteers and i feel like kind of udo a little bit as well yeah. so you I guys have been so. very good about about uh, yeah. encompassing yeah. us. Well, so. and our, our tables, because we have the pre-bout parties, you know, the day before the bout, we have all the leftovers <laughs> yeah. at the bout on the table and just snacking throughout the night. It's yeah. it's both wonderful and awful. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I remember, I think one of the, the comments I heard after uh, Madison hosted, I want to say it was, it was when we hosted playoffs, playoffs last year. Last year. <laughs> yeah. And that people were like the, all of the visiting officials were just so thrilled at the catering basically that happened in the officials room, like the food that was on hand all weekend. Yeah. And as someone who has traveled to many playoffs, usually as an announcer, I have not yet had the pleasure of skating. But I've been to a number of them, and I've, and not to like denigrate the people who do great work at all these playoffs to provide food and stuff like that, but UDO really goes above and beyond. Yeah. <laughs> there are various levels of sustenance that is sometimes provided for you for free when you go places. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, Madison really stepped up in terms of their 
of their food, but like as a league, it, the, I feel it like was, the league did a great job. Yeah. League did a yeah. great job, and we have to give a shout out to Chaotic Neutral oh, for wrangling yes. that because he was on point. Oh he yeah, had so, meals three different meals a day. He had gluten free and vegan options. We had mm-hmm. different dietary restrictions, and everybody's needs were met for the whole weekend. Man, Google. that was our goal. Google that. Wow, I, I got. I didn't necessarily get like in trouble with my officiating <laughs> crew that I was wrangling for, but. My crew missed pizza once. Oh, <laughs> that was a big deal. Yeah, yeah. that's hungry officials, man. Yes. <laughs> Get angry, <laughs> understandably, mm-hmm. I think. So, uh, speaking of going back to this whole idea of um, tournaments and travel and stuff, I'd like I'd like to come back to that that mm-hmm. and sort of um, how that culture has been built within UDO and how how is it that we have people who travel to so many things? And I would I would include even you know when I go to watch games in Wisconsin at much much smaller leagues in smaller towns. The the crews, I mean, like the entire bout is practically being run by UDO and like our track setup people and stuff like that. Yeah. And then there's a, you know whoever is the in this very small town will have a handful of people who are who are helping, but usually have to do everything by themselves. But anytime we do this bout, it's like it's a lot of Madison people. Yes, <laughs> we love to travel. Um, they call us. Um, not as many crews have as many people to give, and uh, because we have so many people and different calendars you know we can have different people make appearances at different locations um and that's that's been really fun i love traveling to smaller and it's not even an understatement to say that udo is the fifth home team in madison because we are we hang out with each other outside of this we game together we go out and we cook together and then we go and carpool and do tournaments together and have great stories coming back afterwards yeah well what what in addition to sort of building that camaraderie mm-hmm. um the the traveling and working with other crews and helping out in places i mean what do you what is that what is the benefit of that to udo and derby at large do you think i think getting officials talking we're all introverts i, I would say that extroverted <laughs> official is a very rare thing they exist but they're not the common so just starting to have that community and saying oh hey we can actually share these things that we all start enjoying and then you get that buy-in. Hey, my friends are putting something on over here. I want to go hang out with them and do a derby bout. So we go and travel for the weekend and then those folks come up here and then it just keeps kind of snowballing. Mm-hmm. And is it, do you think that contributes to like the larger discussion about when you're interpreting rules changes and how to apply them and the actual officiating on the track, basically? Yeah, I think it all feeds into it because you'll go somewhere else and you'll hear different like... Um, unofficial verbal cues mm, um, oh yeah great. <laughs> and hand signals and like um different things and i mean you can read about them on the forums and stuff like that but that's so dry and frankly it's not always the most kind environment mm. not the most so, constructive method yeah. an internet forum is not the most kind and constructive it's, it's weird know. right i know <laughs> But yeah, you start to work with officials and when you see how they approach problems and how their brain wrapped around it and how they shared that, you're more apt to listen when they're debating a particular hard point of the rules so that you can kind of both figure out what's going on with that and kind of a better agreement. It helps. It helps yeah. a lot. Yeah, that's fair. So I have kind of a wrap up two part question. Um, the first one is going to be, what's the most frustrating thing that you've encountered as an official, this can be anything. This can be something that's happened on the track. This can be cultural. This can be a misperception, whatever. And then I want us to stop it with what's sort of like your favorite moment, like something that was really cool or a thing that you really love, just a, a great moment or something like that. Because we should, you know, try to try to end with a positive. But I would, I would be very curious to hear, like, you know, obviously there are a lot of frustrations in all aspects of roller derby in any sport, but especially as someone who's been doing officiating for many years. You can think about this for a minute. I could edit out the... Well, because the there's, there's like so many small things <laughs> yeah. that are like really frustrating, but... 
Uh, you can you can pick a small one if you want. That's fine. Well, you do. Top what three you, annoyances. <laughs> Bench coaches that get in the OPR lane. Like, it's, it's kind of can you give thing. us some space? Yeah. <laughs> and I would go back to that. Everybody needs to have their head on a swivel. If you're on the track, you're mm-hmm. eligible for contacts. So that applies to bench coaches if they're in the wrong spot. Because I'm making seen them it sound too. so nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, I do not feel nice about. He that. sounds like an official. Yeah. I think the thing that frustrates me the most right now is just. And this is this is WFTDA wide is the um, the official burnout. There's mm. so few of us, mm. and we work our butts off. I just took a year almost completely off just doing home things in local leagues because I needed to. Mm-hmm. And even then, I always felt this pull that I needed to be there. But I'm looking at folks. We, we're just getting through a major cycle, and all the the posts are coming out. Here's how much time and money I spent in the last year. We've got officials that spent ten grand in the last year on travel to officiate and be a good officials and teach other officials. And while I laud them for that, that's $10,000 of their own money out of their pocket mm-hmm. for a volunteer sport. Yeah, right. I don't even think time off was mentioned, you and know, yeah. because it's travel oh, like there. Wages lost. Wages yeah. lost, money yeah. spent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That it's yeah, that it it doesn't just take money out of the skaters' pocketbooks that we complain about doing GoFundMe's and things at times about going to playoffs and tournaments and stuff. It's Mm -hmm. very easy to overlook that that drain and that draw is everyone because this is a volunteer-run sport and that we do this because we love it in our hearts. But it's hard on the pocketbooks. The note about officials in particular is you guys go to more tournaments than we do as skaters in general. I was kind of wondering about that. And I think it depends, you know, on the the official and how many tournaments they go to. Same with skaters, right? Mm -hmm. But... Um, I definitely cut down on the amount of tournaments I was going to this year just yeah. because, holy smokes, it is not, <laughs> Well, the amount know? of tournaments is always increasing. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to see, especially like that summer, late fall push to get things in before, uh, oh, the, deadline before the deadlines mm-hmm. that now there's so many more tournaments that are conflicting with each other's and uh, mm-hmm. with each other. And it's, it's, it's interesting as skaters and teams, but I imagine even more so that as crews to decide what is worth your while and what's worth your money and, mm-hmm. and yeah. Yeah, it, it can get, um, it can get a little bit overwhelming trying to figure out like this weekend is free, but will I get enough sanctioned games to kind of make this worth it for my mm-hmm. officiating to like mm-hmm. travel on the path I want to go to? Yeah. Or am I just tired of dealing with like sanctioned stuff and I want to go to like maybe a little bit more fun kind of thing? Um, I haven't been to RollerCon yet, but I want to go. Likewise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> RollerCon is fantastic. I, well, I, I, will, I will note to you real quick, uh, one of my favorite things at RollerCon that comes, seems to come and go over the years is there's a, there's a phone-a-ref thing where they'll like, hand out cards and you can, that, you can basically nice. get a ref to show up to officiate anything. Uh, so like if you're having like a chicken fight in the pool or a debate about something or whatever, like you call and the ref will show up and they will they will officiate. And you, and you can be part of this if you want to or not. That was the LADD enforcers, I yeah. believe. And they retired that a few oh, years ago. But so you good. never know. Roger, Gia, friends, if mm. you uh, want to <laughs> bring back the phone refs, I think there is always demand for it's, quality officiating. I will recommend RollerCon, at least from the skater point of view, and I have to imagine it's as a as a, a official or ref too is it's a really great um, revitalizing experience because it's just fun it's all just fun and you get to see and meet and hear and do all sorts of things so it's just like without any pressure basically mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah okay so on that note then what is like something what's like been your favorite thing or moment so far in officiating a favorite moment doesn't have to be the yeah it's hard I don't know that I have a a favorite moment but like um. We have now we have friends like all over the country, um, and I just got to 
go to a tournament in Denver not too long ago and hang out with Ermagerd. Um, he's out in Boston now. So, and then um, he Irma, had, Irma started here in Madison with UDO. I'm mm-hmm. throw That's it in. why his number is 608. Yeah. 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 Shout out to the Erms. <laughs> <laughs> but like going to tournaments and like meeting up with friends mm-hmm. and just being able to um, take in a new city on the time off and yeah. then um, officiate Derby while you're there. And it was good Derby and it was fun yeah. and it was mountains and. Yeah, that's just like the the most recent like amazing derby experience that, cool. I've, yeah. that I had. I'm happy it's like the most recent because that you know, indicates to me there's there's many. Oh yeah, that's it's lovely. hard. But, I mean, <laughs> you, you don't stick with something for like years if it's if it's all misery. Yeah, I would hope. I it's would only hope like sixty five percent misery. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's fine. <laughs> all right, Thacko, what about you? Uh, it always goes back to um, it was WFTDA champs in Milwaukee couple years ago we were sitting up in the stands the night before it was saturday night and uh suki tawdry from bcb was sitting there frantically messing with her phone and looking at sheets and uh eddie lizard and i were like hey suki what's up she's like well we're talking about a scrimmage tomorrow but we don't know if we can get enough people and eddie and i said hold on a second and we both got on our phones (laughs) and we literally turned around and said well we've got like half a crew plus already for you she's like are you serious and we're like yeah most of madison's here Let's go. So the next morning we got to do, I still call this the Church of Derby, early Sunday morning, Rat City versus London. Mm. We had high level officials out there. We had a pickup crew of a lot of local folks. It was super fun. And then halfway through it, we suddenly had this homeless looking guy in the middle of the track. And I was like, what's going on? This dude's just holding a paper cup. He's got his bathroom robot. I turn around <laughs> and it was Riot. And he's sitting there making comments. And it was just, it was snarky. It was like, I had my own little peanut gallery right in the middle of the track. And then at a moment, I think we had a pause or a, a timeout. And I look over and I realize over and turn like two, it's just like all level four and five certified officials just sitting there watching us do derby. And oh. it was just so much fun. <laughs> That's fantastic. And tootie. Tootie was head around. Oh, that was a blast. Oh, yeah. I, I, I know Tootie. I don't know if I knew Tootie then. Oh, yeah. How yeah. short were those shorts? Very. Well, very right. short. Back in that day. Back in that day. That's fantastic. I remember that happening, and I'm so happy to hear that that was just like, hey, Madison's going to make this happen, which comes back to my point. Yeah. You guys are like our greatest ambassadors. So, yeah. on that note, um, so UDO does not just exist in Madison. Uh, United Derby Officials is special in the Derby world that we have multiple chapters. Hoping that you can talk on that just briefly and kind of give us an overview of where UDO exists and kind of what it what role it fills in those other communities. And then we can talk about how people might find out more information or get in touch with you guys if they want to maybe get in on this. So our first UDO chapter that came out of Madison was when the DDs and UDO went down to St. Louis on a big road trip. That was so we fun. We took an entire officiating crew from Madison to St. Louis for a whole weekend to do bouts. Because they didn't have enough people because they were busy on a tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But DDs needed to play Arch and it had to happen. It needed to happen. So we all went down there and it was just one of the best weekends. All the skaters, all the officials, great weekend the whole time. But we got to hang out with UDO St. Louis, what became UDO St. Louis. And we had so much fun with them. And they saw what we were doing as an officiating culture that they brought it on. And they actually have been bringing people into their crew and retaining people better since they've done it. Just that whole, we're all officials. We're all doing this together. Let's hang out. Let's be social. Yep. Let's be a team. We're a team. Yeah. 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 And then we had Milwaukee, who's been seeing us do this for a long time. And they're fantastic people. Did the same thing. 
and Chicago, with all of their officials between the outfit and uh, Wendy, have decided to actually come together. They're now the Chicago, Chicago Transit Authority, a oh unified officiating oh, crew yeah. in yes. Chicago. The CTA. <laughs> with fantastic graphics oh. for their officials going to D1s. That they're, is so uh, good. They're doing a great job. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. So it. what kind of support... Uh, or what does it mean when another derby organization decides to become a UDO affiliate, I guess? I think they just have a crush on us. Uh, yeah. Probably. I mean, uh, they get access to my recipe book. Oh. Uh, <laughs> the biggest thing is I think it's most of these crews that I've seen do this are crews that want to have the socialness that they see from us. Mm-hmm. And they start picking that up. And they start happening because then they start getting more folks saying, hey, maybe I'm leaving Chicago, but St. Louis has a good group of officials that are building over there. Not too far. I've got a job offer. Why don't I head over there for a little while? Yeah. And it just seems to kind of grow that community rather than just being it's the group of folks over there doing their thing. It's much more welcoming. It's a place people can go to. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. So if someone, like I said, if someone is interested in finding out more, Mm -hmm. do we have any sort of way that people can contact our UDO 608 here? Do we, uh, do we I believe about? the website is officials at madisonrollerderby.org. Well, oh, that's the email. Well, that's the email. But you guys have like a Facebook page and stuff too, right? We uh-huh. also have udo608.org, or we have the udo608 Facebook. You can find us out there. Mm-hmm. Excellent. All right. And I know that we also sell uh, udo merch sometimes when we travel to tournaments. I love the udo merch. It's that's fantastic. So, it's... I mean, there's lots of ways you can show support. So that others may skate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's on our, um, on our logo is that others may skate. And, and on, <laughs> and on your body to show us. Sexy hairy leg in the studio. Yes. Uh, well, thank you so much to both of you for taking the time to talk to us about uh, all of this good stuff. We may have to pull you back in in the future to talk more about, I don't know. Resorts. Resorts. Oh, jeez. <laughs> we, might, we, might, we might need to talk about that some more. Um, but we really do appreciate taking the time. And we appreciate everything that you do for Roller Derby and here in Madison and in the greater world. It's, it's wonderful. And we're glad, we're glad that this is a thing that we can all do together. Thanks. I'll take all the credit. It's delightful. It's all you. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, guys. So we have some exclusive news to share with you on the podcast on SS uh, Roller Derby today. How exciting is that? I'm so. This is our second episode, and we already have exclusive news to share. Um, So we were contacted by uh, some people who are running Summer Affair in Cleveland, Ohio. It's Mm -hmm. been. I don't think not only a tournament, but like a really cool opportunity to learn and train and play roller derby um, for the last several years in Cleveland. Um, It is coming up August 10th through the 12th of next year, 2018. And they are just about to get ready to start uh, opening registrations and whatnot. And it is a very affordable thing. If you can get to Cleveland, it's $65 for this whole weekend of learning and playing roller derby with some of the top skaters in the world, really. So, yeah. We have the pleasure to share with you the information uh, that was shared with us that has not yet been shared publicly and debut it on the show, uh, who they have signed so far. And this isn't even a complete list yet, so this is pretty impressive. Um, They are going to have Smarty Pants, who we know and love from uh, Texas, uh, also Team USA. Uh, Supersonic from Team Ohio, Slamuel L. Jackson from Star Pass Fitness, Flux Decapitator from Team West Virginia, and Miracle Whips from Team Canada and, of course, Montreal's uh, New Skids um, are all signed on to be 
uh, women's team's captains. And then for the uh, two men's teams, they've got Wheelie Ryder, who's uh, from Team Pennsylvania, and also Optimus Grime from Team Scotland. So, International. I know. It's super cool. And the basically the format of this thing is they have these people who come in and they each offer um, uh, clinic sessions basically on Friday afternoon and evening and Saturday morning. So you go and actually learn from these skaters in like clinic settings. And then each one of those signed skaters gets assigned to a scrimmage team. Over the course of the weekend, they have all these series of scrimmages where you get to the, the remainder of the spots on the teams are filled with just folks who register for the event. Mm-hmm. So that means you actually get to go out and play with these people in a team setting and or against them in these uh, scrimmages that have 20-minute halves and are like a five-minute uh, halftime. So yeah. you can just knock a, a bunch of them out during the course of the weekend. And it looks like a blast. I've yeah. seen pictures. I know people have participated in the past. Yeah, and like... I always think that derby is great, training is great, but you get some of those great epiphanies when you actually get to play and you get to, you get to scrimmage apply in, it. in team, like actual game setting. So like the opportunity to be able to play and get feedback uh, and input from these top level skaters and coaches uh, sounds like a blast. I know. So uh, Ali and I are seriously considering if we can uh, maybe throw our hats into the ring and go and skate. I think we're going to try at least to be out there maybe to, to do some interviews and stuff as, yeah. as part of the podcast. So. We're hoping, basically, God, uh, God willing, and the creek don't rise, that we'll get our butts out to Cleveland uh, next summer. Again, that's August 10 through 12. It is called Summer Affair. You can look it up on uh, Facebook and on the web, and there'll be more information. And you should definitely look into that and uh, check it out if you can go, because that is a hell of a lineup already. And I know they're still lining up at least one more uh, skater for a women's coach as well. So mm-hmm. keep your eye out for that. I think uh, we'll probably have news in November. So thank you uh, to London Mauling from uh, uh, Summer Affair, skates out there, uh, for hooking us up with the information. Yeah. And if you're interested in refing or announcing, there's also opportunities for that there. And you can check out their website and their information when that's posted. Uh, and it'll be a ton of fun. For all the different areas. You can look them up on Facebook. They have a Facebook page. Summer Affair 2018, I believe. Yep, that's the one. And it's the Cleveland Guardians are the one who uh, who put it on. That's the men's league in mm-hmm. Cleveland. So, uh, yeah, go check it out. Summer Fair 2018 coming up in August. And that is your exclusive news break from SS Roller Derby. All right. Now we finally got a submission for music on the show to feature a song from a band that is made up of roller derby people. And I want to preface this again saying if you have music, if you are a musician, you're solo, you're fooling around with electronic stuff in your bedroom, or you have a full band, whatever it is, if you are involved in derby in any way and you have music and you would like us to feature it on the show in return for, we'll just play your music, we'll shout out your band name, we'll talk a little bit about who you are and people get to hear your music and maybe we can tell them where to find it online so that we have cool songs to play on the show, please do that. Again, the uh, email address is ssderbypodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. Let us know. Um, and we are very happy to be featuring the Sex Wings. The wonderful Sex Wings from Minnesota. They Woo. are all members of Minnesota Roller Girls. And they've been playing together for years now. And they are fantastic. Oh, and they submitted uh, their music to us. Um, Bully Jean actually reached out on Twitter. Thank you, Bully Jean. And the band also includes Boom Bay Sapphire, Scalateral Damage, uh, Wolf Bite, and Dropkick Donna. And we are going to be playing... Oh, one of their songs off of like uh, uh, you can get on their Bandcamp, which or I'm sorry, their SoundCloud. My bad. It's SoundCloud.com/slash Sex Wings. It's Sex Wings, by the way. Mm-hmm. But um, so you want to make sure you spell that right so you can find them. Uh, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna listen to a song, and uh, you're gonna listen to it. And I hope you go check them out online and support them. And uh, yeah, so, so hit us up if you've got music you want us to feature as well. But for now, here's the Sex Wings. 
other fun stuff in the roller derby world. So we had mentioned in the introduction that Allie and I will be traveling to WFTDA championships being held in Philadelphia. What Beautiful. state is that in? Beautiful. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. In early November, we will mm-hmm. be carpooling our way out there because we are going to be working with the fabulous announcing crew mm. um, in Fun, interesting new capacities for you and I, actually. Yeah. I, I get to do sideline reporting, which I have never done before, and I'm a little terrified, but super excited about the challenge to, to hopefully bring some good sideline reporting to the coverage. But Allie, what are you going to be getting up to? Um, I am going to be working on the social media crew, so working on Facebook Live, some WFTDA TV, sports desk type interviews and stuff. So I'm really excited. I am working with uh, Andrew Marone, Plastic Patrick, and Sexy Beast on that crew. You, with uh, Sideline Reporting, are going to be working with Sissy Splasic. So true. I know. And I'm just going to run down the rest of the announcers because they they deserve to have their names announced, too, yes, from time to it. time. Let's do it. Our, uh, our glorious leader this year, our tournament head announcer, is Mr. Whistler, hailing all the way from Canada, but originally he's from the United States. Shh, don't tell. Mm. Uh, on broadcast, we have Adam A.K. Kenyon. And we have Beatrix coming all the way from the U.K. We have Double H. Lightning Slim, also from the UK. Scarlet, oh no, Lightning Slim. Lightning Slim is from Canada. Lightning Slim, also from Canada. <laughs> Scarlet O'Hertia, Shady Hawkins, and Wilhelm Scream. And then broadcast producers, we have Amy Jo Moore, Justice Feelgood Marshall, and Valkyria uh, coming all the way from Germany. So we have a lot of different representation this I'm year. I'm really stoked about oh. how a little more international the announcing oh crew gosh. is, too, in addition to the games themselves. Yeah, and then we also have our friends on the public address in-house. If you are going to be in Philadelphia for that weekend, you're going to be hearing a lot of their voices, their lovely voices. We have Biff Mixalot, Chloe Gwendolyn from Canada, uh, Electra Blue, Gretchen Tom Foolery and Vince Hannity and your MCs for the weekend are going to be the good old Ruckus Ron and the King. I mean, that is a stacked lineup. If you know oh. anything about anything to do with the folks who talk about Earl Derby, that is an amazing lineup. And it's been getting more and more amazing every year. And I'm frankly humbled to be part of this crew. <laughs> I, I'm a little surprised I got called up for the crew, honestly, because <clears throat> the the lineup this cycle has been so impressive. Yeah. Obviously, we've been listening on the broadcast. We haven't either of us been able to attend them 
in person. Well, I know, rough times. Money and time, money yeah, and time. Yeah, but you know, we both put our names in for champs with kind of, I think, our fingers crossed to see like, man, it would be great. And we've done it in the past and we're really lucky to get called up and, you know, in both different uh, capacities. capacities yeah. But uh, really excited. Um, and thanks so much for the uh, selection committee and the head ref, Mr. Whistler, for having faith in us. And mm-hmm. we won't let you down, buddy. Well, one um, of the things we want to note then is that since we are going to champs, it's going to give us an opportunity to do a bunch of really awesome interviews while we are on the road for future episodes of this podcast. Yeah. We are definitely going to organize an announcer roundtable to talk about what it's like to announce, what goes into it, some fun stories, and like where these people come from, what their backgrounds mm-hmm. on, just because I think to get a sense of how much experience yeah. and like different kinds of experience are that exist with announcers and stuff who, yeah. who, who who do this generally. So I think that'll be a super fun, fun opportunity to sit down and, and chat. But we are certainly also going to be hustling to try to get all, all sorts of other fun interviews while we're there and the whole derby world is converged on uh, Philadelphia. So yeah. get stoked yeah. about future possibilities. And if you know you're going to be there and you have a story uh, or an interview that you want to share with us, you can reach out to us as well. That's true. You can email us at ssderbypodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook and Twitter. Again, it's SS Roller Derby or SS Roller Derby Podcast. Um, and you can, you know, holler at us with whatever ideas, suggestions. If it's not for you, it's a reference. That's cool. If you have a story or some derby oral history you want to share, we're, we're looking to collect some of that for interviews and just uh, posterity and shit like that. Yeah. So please do drop us a line and uh, we'll make it work. But I'm excited that we get to re- we get to report from uh, Wolf to Champs in a way. Oh my gosh, I know. I'm really excited. Um, and just the way that announcing has evolved over the last few years. Uh, and I'm not sure if you heard this little rumor that uh, the Champs bout on Sunday is going to be on ESPN2, which is like actual cable television, like the kind that comes into, you know, like through a wire and stuff, not just the internet. That's mm. crazy. So the yeah, if you're, if you're in the United States, the championship bout will be on ESPN2, so whatever cable provider you're using, find that, make sure you get it. If you're outside the U.S., it'll still be on WFTDA.TV, and for everybody, the rest of the entire tournament will be there as well. You should probably get yourself a pass if you haven't already. This year's tournament, I can't imagine, I mean, everything is shaping up to be even more incredible than years past. Victoria on the rise right now, you know, performing stunningly at playoffs, basically cleaning up all the things that they'd had issues with in the past that were sort of hamstringing them. I am super excited to see what they do. And I'm excited to see some of the other up and comers slash hungry teams as well. And Gotham, you know, still strong. Rose still super strong. Angel very, very hungry. Like, who knows? I have no idea. It's going to be crazy. And the bracket, the way it's lining up this year, guess what? We're not going to have a final that can even be Rose or Gotham. It's not possible. It's not possible. Um, I mean, I will <laughs> I will give a little nod to that last fourth bracket. It's going to knock out all our international friends at some point there with Montreal crime and Victorian. But, you know, they're coming to champs, and I'm excited to see how they skate, and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Uh, I mean, and then hopefully one of them will go on to play in the first place game. I can almost so, guarantee uh, you one of them will. One of them will. Well, no, I can't. I can't guarantee you. I'm going to fingers crossed for them. As you say, Derby and nothing overhaul. in this world is certain but death no. and taxes. So, um, but yeah, so definitely keep an eye on for that. That's the first weekend in November. Obviously, I would be surprised if you didn't already know that. But um, you can get uh, also. I, I recommend the Derby on Toast bracket challenge is going to be going on for. Uh, champ, so you can search online for Derby on Toast and join the bracket challenge. It's so easy to do. It's a beautiful web interface, and you get to just pick who you think is going to win. And 
and compete for prizes, basically. If you're actually pretty accurate in your prediction, you could win some shit. So go uh, check that out. And thanks to the folks at Derby on Toast for providing those fun, awesome tools because they've got some other really cool stuff on that website that you can use for actual like derby training and strategizing and stuff. It's, it's pretty neat. So I'm That's awesome. excited to see entrepreneurs just coming up with uh, new useful things, tools and whatnot that we can use yeah. for the derbs. So, yeah, remember, uh, November 3rd through the 5th, the 2017 International WFTDA Championships hosted by the Philly Roller Derby. Uh, you can go to WFTDA.com slash champs for all your champs information. Quick addendum to our interview with Uno Mas and Thaco. Uno reached out to me after the interview was over and made a point to make sure that we uh, sent this message, basically added it to it. She wanted to say, please, thanks, say thank you to the Mad Roland Dolls from the officials. Uh, we are blessed with a large crew in part because MRD is welcoming to officials. You guys are our home. She just wanted to add that as a, <laughs> really, I swear I'd impair to do that. I didn't tell her it was Aww. completely unbidden. So I just wanted to add that in. Uh, thank you, Uno Mas. And thank you to all of our officials here in Madison. And that's all we've got today for the SS Derby podcast. Thanks for joining us once again. Episode two in the books. Yeah, thanks for taking another uh, sail with us along the mighty Derby <laughs> seas. <laughs> I will sing Anya. Um, yes, thank you so much. So look for another episode. Like uh, We are shooting to drop an episode every other month, the last Monday of the month. So the next regular episode will happen at the end of December. Um, however, we've got enough content that we recorded this time that we might actually, re- we might actually put out a half episode in about a month. Interstitial. A little, yeah, we got some extra fun stuff, and I didn't want to make this first. The, uh, we don't. I didn't want to make this episode crazy long, mm-hmm. so we might end up splitting it up and uh, putting out some more content in the meantime to hold you over. So keep your eye out for that. Um, thank you again so much for joining us. Uh, I have been Hammer Abby, and I have been Alligator, and this is the SS Roller Derby. See you next time. Mm-hmm. The opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the people speaking them and do not reflect the opinions or policy of the Mad Roland Dolls or the Women's Flat Track Derby Association. Thanks for listening, and remember, don't hate, roller skate.